0: Phoenix Down Radio
1: is on the air. Welcome, everybody, to Phoenix Down Radio, episode 151, the drunkest of episodes. Just kidding. (laughs) I am your host, Klaus Neibringer. Joining me is Talis and Sarah. What's going on, gentlemen?
2: Did you just title the episode before the episode? No, probably not. Okay, no, I was gonna say, no. like, dude, that's I our mean, that's our post show bit. You can't steal that.
1: <laughs> no, but I mean, come on, one fifty one. I mean, when when you wanted to get shit faced, you know, when you were younger, what did you drink?
0: Half a glass of wine.
1: Fair, but uh,
2: all right. So Sarah's a lightweight and a cheap date. That's good to know. For those of us who Man, actually this was had a tolerance, I was on
0: SSRIs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sorry, we're just in goofy moods
0: today. Good luck, everybody. Well, you we're know what? That's show. Th-
1: there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, those make for some of the more interesting episodes, I think.
0: I've got Kotzfeld and I kind of don't care about anything else right now.
1: Fair enough.
0: Everything's downhill. Well, I, I, I'm.
2: Also, yes, Sarah, it, it is good to see you back, my dude. And I'm
0: glad that you are feeling better. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I got like actual sleep. Like, continuous. More than five hours. I had dreams sometimes, and apparently that means, like, you're getting proper sleep.
1: Ooh. So that's good.
0: Good sleep pattern! (laughs) Screw you, man. Good job. Uh,
1: And then somebody else in in this uh, uh, podcast is (laughs) going to be starting up their master's program here soon.
2: Oh, God. (laughs) As of the 30th. Back into the deep end, six years after graduating with my bachelor's in pedagogics and Japanese historical literature, I have decided that I don't want to teach, and knowing historical literature is kind of worthless if you're not teaching it to someone else. So off we go into the wild blue bullshit and uh, going into business intelligence. Well,
1: nice. hopefully that works well for you. Um, I mean, you've got the mind for it. I mean, you, you, you retain a lot of weird shit in there, but uh, you know, business yeah. uh, intelligence is all, is. Well, for one, an oxymoron, but two, um, oh, yes. also very um, weird, and uh, um, yeah, I think you'll do fine. Yep. And,
0: and for it's what very it's worth- fluid, but also hyper specific, and that definitely yeah. tracks with the things that I'm good at. Yep. For what it's worth, I had about a six-year gap between finishing my bachelor's and starting my master's. It seems a lot more common for that kind of thing, especially if you like enter the workforce, get a bit more of an idea. Oh, we just had a library program where we had some people from a tech company come and talk about all the different weird twisting paths they followed. None of them knew, planned to end up where they were, and some of them started in very different fields. Life is weird like that.
1: That's very true. You know, I mean, my initial plans for when I, you know, left high school and wanted to start college, you know, I was going to be doing agribusiness. I mean, I, I grew up on a farm. I, I was Ooh, really big into. That is valid. Yeah. I was really big into the the whole agricultural industry and things like that when when I was uh, growing up. Um, and it's
0: a fascinating field.
1: It absolutely is, and and I did enjoy my time on that stuff. But you know, I also really was into computers a lot, and uh, you know, I would you know, while I was going to a lot of the uh, classes, we, we had just gotten Pentium uh, uh, Intel computers. Um, <laughs> that shows how old oh i am God. this was 96 97 now and uh yeah you know we, most of our our labs were were mac you know power pc 6300s mm-hmm. and stuff like that um but no we had just gotten a few uh, uh gateways i believe they actually were and uh that really got
2: the gateway 400s that everybody got in education yeah
1: basically with Pentium seventy
2: five. 75s yep. Woo! Yep.
1: <laughs> but I was having so much fun playing on, on on PCs and then the computers I had at home I was messing around with a lot and then well here I am doing one doing, thing led to another now and here I'm a you network are. admin, so hey, it is what it is. So
2: <laughs> I mean, I started when I started college in the early, early days of two thousand one, it was electro it was electrical engineering and I was gonna be doing hardware. And then I was like, hey, uh, I don't need to know how to build a boot disk on a three and a half inch floppy when Windows XP Service Pack 4 is out. I just, this is not useful information. And they're like, it totally is. And I'm like, it's not though. So I just peaced out, didn't do anything, discovered a love for historical literature, which led to Elizabethan literature, which led to studying plays, which led to no theater, which led Mm. to Japanese japanese historical lit which led to pedagogics which led to running my own garage outside of my house fixing cars life is weird see this is why you need to include all of the manga in every season and not just skip shit so that season four doesn't make any damn sense like mine uh yeah whatever you go to school for it doesn't matter just
0: do cool shit with your life
1: i mean as long as you have fun with it and uh that's the important part.
0: main thing I got out of it was learning how to learn stuff and, yes. like, developing a lot of connections between different topics and people.
1: Yeah, I mean, because... Yes. I mean, take computers, for example. The number one thing you have to learn is is how to troubleshoot. It's not the things that you need to know about, you know, finding, you know, specific things on a computer. It's how to troubleshoot. And if mm-hmm. you can learn that, I mean, you can do a lot of shit.
0: Because that's... That skill set applies to a lot more than just computers. Hundred percent,
1: hundred percent. Welcome to Phoenix, Arizona, where we're talking about uh, all of your life choices. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome it's to PDR Career Day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Eat me to it.
1: Thank you. Oh god. Um, Man, I need
0: to have chopsticks more. These are great for gesturing. <laughs> um, gotta come over there and
2: slap you. Don't point at things with chopsticks. Oh my god, that's
0: so rude. <laughs> You're like 500 miles away or something. It's fine.
1: Just wait until he's not 500 miles away. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll deserve anyway. it. But no, I had anything else fun happen with you guys this last couple of weeks?
2: Yes, I actually did. Uh, last Uh Every other Saturday night, I run my uh, tabletop Final Fantasy game Ooh. with a couple friends, uh, Pyro Cats included. And last week, we started in on our first major uh chapter ending big boss uh free a crystal style dungeon. Hmm. And I was tired of building linear dungeons because let's be real, anybody that's ever run a tabletop game knows that what we do not follow anything. Ravenheart, thank yes, you thank so you. much for the sub. Thank you.
1: That's so appreciated. Thank you very much.
2: Uh so we know that nobody's gonna follow the path anyway, so I said, well why should I make a path then? So I decided to make a randomly generated aka roguelike dungeon Hmm. for final fantasy so you might get a story beat you might have an npc help you you might have an encounter that could wipe the party you might have to solve a simple puzzle you might get trapped in a room i don't know let's find out and i sent them into it and it worked way better than i expected and uh my Dungeons and Dragons DMs I messaged them with some you know, feedback and some info and they were like dude this sounds fire and we want to use this so <laughs> we might have accidentally created something uh, bigger than ourselves wow. so that was a lot of fun I mean
1: that's freaking uh-huh. cool that's awesome
2: it was fun it worked really well
1: and what about you Sarah anything else super fun
0: oh, um, the guy I'm dating made brioche bread pudding that was Ooh. nice that's that's pretty fire
2: yeah that's a double whammy right there (laughs) you're dating someone and you got
0: brioche pudding that's pretty awesome very nice uh i feel like not a lot has happened the uh, library i work at were the main branch of our system and all the uh, other branches had done reopening first ours took a bit longer because there was some there was some complex stuff that i'm not even going to get into here But we've reopened, so actually working with uh, library customers in person. Okay. And, like, I've been spent a year and a half where it's like, okay, we're doing a virtual program. We're here for a specific purpose, and we're going through this thing. Or it's reference desk, and so it's like, okay, someone is calling in or uh, pinging the virtual service with a specific question. I'm helping with that. Just making chit-chat with the parents and the kids that come in, I had forgotten how nice that was i've also been going home exhausted each time afterwards but i think that's just because this does take a lot more energy and i haven't done it for a while most
1: definitely i mean it, it it's definitely fun to interact with with interesting people but you know if if you're anything like me peopling drains me
0: yeah like i've talked to Beau before how i like i practically treat it as almost like a performance on stage I, I welcoming them, uh, trying to do a whole bunch of stuff with that, but it's like, I am a little bit playing a role here and it does take something out of me. Yep. I'm happy for it. I wouldn't give it up, but, um, oh when am I out of practice?
1: Well, it'll just take some time and hopefully, you know, it, it, it comes back, you know, relatively quickly. And, uh,
0: also regular exercise might help with that, you know?
1: Yep. Speaking of regular exercise, I have now been riding my bike every day for the last six weeks.
2: Damn, well done. Dude, that's a huge streak.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm like I said, trying to keep it up. I almost missed today because I just was kind of zoning out, working on show notes and getting stuff prepped for everything. I'm like, wait a minute. It's 630. I haven't ridden my bike yet, so. <laughs> I had to knock do that out Do you ride it where show. you like? Well, no, it's, like I said, I, I, what I do is it's right behind me. Off screen, and I pull it up here, and I'm not listening to you, Sarah,
0: that's for the good best, job, Sarah.
1: I hate you. <laughs> go away. Just kidding. Don't go anywhere.
2: Also,
0: my bike is also right behind me. Hmm. I'm currently using it as a clothing storage rack. <laughs> I was about to say most things used for exercise at some point become clothing hangers.
1: I'm, I'm gonna try and avoid that from happening. The only thing that's hanging off it right now is is, is a towel. Because well, I that's need valid, I though. need it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so we've been doing that last Friday though. Last Friday was, was really weird, but awesome. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, uh, the 14 podcast wondrous tales. Mm -hmm. The name's familiar. Um, fun community based podcast. Um, real interesting. They go every other week, just like we do. Um, I was listening to their latest episode and one of the co-hosts was talking about how he was hanging out. In, with family in Minnesota, and I'm like, hmm. "Damn!" So I reached out and said, "Hey, we're at in Minnesota." Turns out, not too far away from me. Nice. So nice. Last Friday night, I, I met up with Chip, uh, the, one of the hosts of, of, of Wonders Tales, and we went and we had steaks and we had beer, and it was a good time. Beer
0: battered steak, steak infused beer.
1: No, just we drank the beer. And we ate the steaks.
0: <laughs> that seems too simple. Sim- You're never going to make a fusion cuisine this way. This is
1: Minnesota. We like things simple.
2: <laughs> Boring.
1: They were delicious porterhouse steaks, though. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good choice. Medium rare. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes steak infused beer sounds terrible you're not wrong pyro cats it does actually
2: sound pretty bad Uh,
1: but the the cool thing that came from this is you know one getting to meet another um final fantasy 14 podcaster especially since we haven't had i haven't had the opportunity to actually get in person with anybody since FanFest 2016 so you know getting this opportunity was awesome and then yeah open up the door for a potential uh you know um cross you know we're we'll have them on our show we'll maybe be on their show kind of thing so look forward to that
2: i'm down so for episode
1: <laughs> and then um also just so everybody is aware um in case you haven't been tuning in on tuesdays and thursdays i am still playing through final fantasy 10 2 <laughs> yes I'm, I'm continuing to go at it i just finished chapter two so we just got through Bavel and uh, that was kind of a bittersweet moment. I mean,
0: you were learning more about the conflicts that grip modern Spira. You thought things were solved, but no!
1: I thought the calm would last forever. Exactly! <laughs> <laughs> but um, just remember, though, guys, August is almost over. Um, but if we can raise $150 by the end of August, I will continue to play Final Fantasy X-2 into September. So, help us to reach that goal. If you want, uh, let me throw a link in chat here.
0: You mean you won't do it just for the pure love of the game? For finding out what happens to Yuna?
1: Maybe off camera. But if you want to, to see oh. my my, uh, um, my pain and, and, and suffering it's gonna cost you 150 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's for a, a good cause. I got all the things that that I got, you know, planned, hopefully. Also, when you
0: say pain and suffering, you mean your pure, blushing maiden heart. It goes doki-doki.
1: No. No.
2: And (laughs) let's see here. We just mute Sarah. (laughs) Exactly, yes. So,
0: Talis.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Let's just go ahead and jump into some gaming community news, shall we? Let's chat. Yes, please. All right. So last episode, we had an amazing guest, Ascalia, join us. And that was a lot of fun. Um, And apparently now Ascalia is uh, running a, a casting call for co-hosts for a new Final Fantasy XIV podcast that she's going to be starting. So if you're interested, let me copy paste this.
0: You get to say a lot of words and people listen to those words. Yeah. Um. Plus, really, that's all the selling point I need.
1: The Scalia is just a lot of fun to uh to talk with. Um it the, the show seems very interesting and uh yeah, if if you've ever thought about it, even if you're not interested in uh being a a, a podcaster, just make sure to listen in when when the show starts. Um they're looking at a uh, around November time frame to to start uh, producing episodes. Yeah. So make That'd sure really to take cool. a look at that. You know, I'm 100%, uh, you know, you know, being false and saying this, but uh, I think we should take full credit for uh, Scalia jumping back into podcasting.
2: (laughs) Oh, I'm definitely down for full circling and just being like, we started... It's loosely due to limit break and then now she is starting loosely due to us. I am so down make to just a have vertical. a Nero just like chill in the center while we're spiraling around yeah, in a circle. Exactly. Be unbroken. How, how about no I Sarah? swear to God, I will drive the... I have your address. I'm going to see how long it's going to take to drive to you.
1: <laughs> I, I don't think you'll make it before the end of the episode.
0: I don't no, think that's but... his concern.
1: No, I but, have time. But that would be funny though. Come on. It would um, be. Also, another friend of the show, uh, Kay, uh had their uh, their Moogle Cafe's Moogle Market today. And uh, I don't know if any if you guys had a chance to check that out earlier, but uh had a lot that of different so busy. artists on and uh it was cute. I, I tuned in for just a little bit, but uh I had too much planning I I literally did nothing on the, on the show notes until like today. So I had to get that going, but if you uh, happen yeah. to miss it, uh, I posted a link to the, um the webpage so you can check it out. Um, everything that they ha- had going on as well as check out the, uh, the, the VOD for the next uh, couple of weeks. So she was streaming for like seven hours. So that's impressive.
2: That's a long ass time. Mm-hmm. Oh my
1: God. Exactly. Yeah. All right, and then let's jump into a little bit of Final Fantasy 7 news. I came across an article from Screen Rant earlier today, and uh, it just, it grabbed me. Well, the the headlines are usually pretty good, but... uh, How much Final Fantasy 7, the original now, cost to make? A crap load. Yeah, so... From the article, I, which I linked in in the chat and will also be in the show notes for those listening on the podcast, according mm-hmm. to the Guinness World Records Gamers Edition 2015, Final Fantasy, have a Se- Gamers
0: Edition, yes,
1: Final Fantasy huh. VII cost forty five million dollars to produce, with another one hundred million spent on marketing. Now these figures are especially impressive when you consider that's late nineties money.
2: So yeah, so with inflation, that's a lot more. About two hundred
1: and fifty million dollars in today's money.
0: Damn, two thirds of their budget was marketing? Yes. Yeah, dude. Mar- do you remember it was the
2: movie trailers that they were doing for oh, yeah. a video game in ninety well, six, ninety
1: seven? Also, they were doing a lot of promotion during primetime TV shows, which have really high ad rates. Ooh, yeah, that'll do it. And uh yeah.
2: It's, it was expensive. It was worth it, but oh my god.
1: Yeah, so that's insane, but the fact that they have actually made that up with the, within the, you know, and uh, um, it actually went on to be the second best selling PS1 game of all time.
2: Ooh. Which was, I didn't read the full article, I remember I want to say the first is Gran Turismo or Gran Turismo 2.
1: Yep, Gran Turismo. Gran
2: Turismo. First one? Okay.
1: So that's Pretty crazy, you know, that they put that much, you know, cash into their first foray into the uh, the PlayStation.
0: Well, I mean, and it didn't just like do really well on gaming, it kind of broke through to the wider world. Like, exactly. After that was the point where I could talk about a Final Fantasy game, and people who weren't gamers would at least be like, oh, that's that one with that thing, right? Like, they didn't know that much about it. The guy with the big it, sword, they, right? They had it's heard. The guy of with the it. big swords, the guy with the spiky hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd heard of it. Like, it broke outside of the bubble of whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it,
1: it broke mainstream and just out, of, out of the niche of, of just gaming in general. So it was pretty yeah. crazy for that.
0: Yeah, so I feel like for gaming and for JRPGs in general, that was really a time where things started really, like the audience started growing, you started getting a lot more coming in. The increased interest meant you started getting higher quality product because they were willing to put more into it, knowing that there was a market for it. Yeah, kind of like how after a while, like dubbed uh, anime actually got pretty decent, and and realistically,
1: it 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 changed how a lot of video games were were looked at and produced. You know, moving forward as well. So I mean, it was a, a watershed moment for uh, video the video game industry, for sure. Especially you know from a Japanese standpoint. Huh. All right, a little bit of fourteen news. Um, Sarah's gonna like this one. Did you guys have a get get a chance to read the uh, four gamer interview with Bonrey yeah. Oda?
0: Yes, because I didn't
2: disgusting. recognize the words. I didn't recognize <laughs> the words that you put in the host chat, and I was like, I don't know what this means. I better click on the link and read it. And yeah. first of all google auto translate has been very interesting uh but
1: it's pretty pretty it's pretty good actually so i mean i was actually impressed with with how well it actually handled the auto translate because the link is to the uh, original article which is in japanese so you know make sure Mm -hmm. that you're using your translator um i've listened to a few other podcasts uh go through all of these we're not going to go through all 15 of the questions but um
0: god now like, yeah. Uh, the one about the heaven's ward was kind of funny given that we were like the loremongers were involved in a very large debate regarding uh when they became enthralled when a lot of stuff happened. There's a lot of people who really like various members of the heaven's ward and wanted to uh, and so have their own feelings about like what how much they were under someone else's control, how much it was their own volition. I
1: I just like the fact that he used the terms fully cooked and rare. You know, when we talking about how their tempering was, you know, right? <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yes, Efreed overcooks his tempered.
1: He 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 chars them. Yeah. Um. Huh. The Archon mark uh, question was also quite interesting. Uh, talking, asking if there was actually the marks signified a hierarchy based on the type of mark and the placement uh, on each of the different scions and uh the charleians um apparently no that is not the case they can choose where and which marks they want to use on their bodies so yeah um, they,
0: there's an there's a more complex official crest and a simplified one. They can choose whether they want one or both, as well as where they uh, put it.
1: Yep. Yeah, for example, Moonbrita has the full symbol on her thigh, whereas she has just the more simplified one on her neck. Um, and the fact that uh, um, Urianger is the only one that has one on his face um, kind of is in honor of uh, Louiswah, who had his right on his forehead. So,
0: well, it was stated. At least the translation I saw, it was less. Oh, it's definitely that, and more of a hey. Maybe he was trying to emulate his mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also really liked the question about the coffee biscuits and the guild. Leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I'm the type. Every time an expansion comes out, I will try to do every guild leave at least once. It's just like a thing I do, and I'll read all the flavor text for them. And so seeing hey, there's this interaction between like the stuff that the city has to offer and the things that we're supplying for them. And so Oda gave a reasonably considered and in-depth answer it felt like, about how you could imagine a lot of different stories depending <laughs> on how many times you've done the leave, with even the Now, if you are the type of person who bought coffee biscuits at the second serving to complete the guild leave, Hanji Fei has made a small fortune from the margin and has also used it to buy even more sweets for herself. What a way to dynamize the city's economy.
1: Yes. And and the fact that if, Legit. Say, let's say you were the type of person to do it a hundred times and, and make them from scratch yourself, uh, congratulations, your coffee biscuits have finally reached the storefront. Reen, Guy, and even Ishtola have enjoyed them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just that kind of stuff is just
1: really, really hilarious.
0: Yeah. And I do like that. It's like, okay, if you are buying them from the NPC and then turn them in, you are losing money, all, all that, but that just means you're pumping money into the economy of the Crystarium
1: though i i will say that the question regarding uh uh, summoners and and with phoenix and bahamut were both uh very interesting as well uh talking about how Louiswa used phoenix's power of rebirth to reconstruct um you know everything that was destroyed by bahamut uh
0: back five years ago um
1: game time (laughs)
0: right um It is unclear how much of this was originally planned versus worked out after the fact. That is all, like, reasonably well done lore and storytelling. A lot of stuff people will think, oh, this was clearly planned from the beginning. When a lot of it is, you remember what hooks you dangled where? It's like, oh, that one there is probably good. Let's try to link it up to this.
1: Well, didn't uh, Moose actually catch uh, Oda in a little bit of a retcon with this? saying
0: more there, than once with this specific answer <laughs> oh, though yes yes
1: there was something else that had happened or, or explaining why the um the, the, the crystals were um there prior as well weren't they some of the, the uh corrupted crystals
0: yeah like we had a lot of the goings-on in the run-up to the calamity
1: mm-hmm. but i mean it, it's it's a it's a good answer as far as a it, fluffy story answer but it it, it does um Change I mean, the, some of the things from 1.0.
0: The longer a story runs, the more different things you may have to reconcile. Well, I mean, There's no getting around it.
1: There's a lot of different properties that are retconning things to change you because it's more convenient for the story moving forward. Yeah. So
0: there are There are more and less elegant ways to do it, and they tend to land on the more elegant ways to do it, and they're telling a good story in the process, so a lot of us, quite frankly, will forgive them for it, but we'll also tweak their noses a little bit for it because come on
1: the one oh, piece sure. that uh, was new to me was the fact that uh diabolos is not a uh, um basically a, a his own being there's a race of, of um void sense like diabolos apparently yeah because uh, the question was asked uh, the di- notice the diablo armament which appears at the boss in the Dalriada uh, uses skills that are similar to the high-ranking void scent Diabolos. I assume that the void scent that was absorbed to create the biological weapon was something similar to Diabolos, but the Japanese version of the field record mentions that it is of the Diabolo species. Why are these terms written differently?
0: And, uh... yeah, it goes on to talk about it notes that they're the same type, but the name is written differently because it was recorded in su- and some, some of recorded by different civilizations. Yep. Yeah, uh,
1: Diabolos by the Mach and Diabolo by the Allegans. So, yeah, that was quite interesting. Um, if you have a chance and want to read more up on all of the questions, uh, go ahead and click on the link in the chat or in the, uh, the show notes. it it is worth the read, and and it's very interesting to kind of, you know, hear some of the things coming from the the lore master himself.
0: Yeah. Uh, They, of course, also one of the other ones they talked about, which comes up a lot, and I know starts a debate every time, is about healers and how, uh, what kind of ability, what kind of things magical healing can actually accomplish. Uh, I did get all but one of the that Final Fantasy Lost Stranger manga you were mentioning, uh, Talos. Of course, the mm-hmm. one I'm missing is the first one, so I'm waiting another couple days on that. Uh, but it, I uh, I flipped through a little on one of them, and it did discuss a little bit of, like, the ideas of what magical healing can and can't accomplish.
2: Yes, I think that's the second book, and yeah. it's really interesting because, like, as, you know, as players, we're just like, a potion is the same as a cure is the same as an inn, it just restores HP, but it's like, what if i broke my arm yeah. like that's a very different thing that you can't just down a three ounce bottle of gatorade and keep going like yeah, there's mean, something seriously wrong that's
1: why robon's arm is still gone
2: exactly um, yeah hp there's, has there's always discussion of discussion of is posh is drinking a potion a pleasant experience and if the answer is no, <laughs> it makes RPGs in general really,
0: really awkward, really, really fast. And if it if it is, if it isn't an unpleasant experience, then you have the question of why are people not slamming these back like all the time? Very true. And uh, trying to overheal themselves.
1: Dolvik in the chat is actually asking, so Diablos is not a Void Warden? He's um,
0: weird. Yeah. It, yeah, sort of.
1: He's kind of, uh, it, well, they are kind of high ranking. Yeah. With, within the, uh, the, the, he's powerful. They're, they are powerful, I guess. I'm used to saying he's because of all the different diabloses within the different Final Fantasy games in the past. It's been, you know, a summon or a, a GF or, or what, you know, a special one-off, um, strong, you know, yeah. like spell, so whatever. Like, yeah. But, you know, in, in this case, it seems like it's more of a, uh, a race or a, a, a type of Void sense. You know, you got like the yeah. Oemons and I'm and, uh, sure among them, there are also different ranks and, and different more powerful ones.
0: So Eorzean scholars, who, of course, may have a very different vision on this from how the denizens of the Void view themselves, but they have a ranking system with 12 different ranks of Void sense sent and various ones are described as being on a particular like a particular rung of the ladder like the cloud of darkness i think is one of the creatures that's on the top rung uh weaker ones of course have fewer powers they also have an easier time crossing over to our world uh either they can uh make it through like they can just have a little bit of their spirit go through a tiny little rip and inhabit something on the other side so like if you've got a Eyeball? Congratulations, they'll inhabit that and it becomes an of All sorts of little things like that. So a lot of the weird undead are some Void Scent that is inhabiting some type of uh, body part. Lovely. Gross. Uh, So maybe he's awesome, but gross. Dolvik asks, so maybe he's closer to that lion or angel sin eater counterparts. I'm not sure there's necessarily a parallel uh we also don't know like how much sin eaters have uh, in terms of like consciousness sentience agency stuff like that or how much they're following kind of almost animalistic instincts uh we also don't so much of this is just classification <laughs> by scholars who are absorbing it yeah yeah like i will sidetrack so well a lot of this is classification by scholars who are making observations and doing their best to create a classification and ranking scheme that may not reflect the true nature of these uh creatures and this is kind of working our best guess
1: this is definitely a subject that is great to discuss within the loreberry channel of our discord server so you want to continue that by all means click on the link that i posted up in the chat so We welcome your questions there as well, but we do also appreciate the interesting conversation here in the show as well. But we do need to keep going. It's true. (laughs) Um, Speaking of events, the Rising event is coming back on uh, August 27th. and runs through September 9th. Um, This year, we get a uh, meteor-themed red moon uh, parasol, as well as a really interesting-looking... uh, what do they call it? The Naimea Popery Firework? I don't know. No, they they, they call it a uh, um a, a seasonal miscellany, but I would call it like a it's that's like a it oh, looks yeah. like a firework. It, it a little effect I'll, that goes around and.
0: I'm pretty much uh, seasonal miscellany is a catch-all term for anything that comes from some type of limited time event. So I think most of the fireworks end up in there, actually.
1: Dolvik, don't worry about derailing us. We derail ourselves quite frequently. So, oh yeah,
0: (laughs) like all of the, (laughs) pretty much all of the fireworks are listed under seasonal miscellany. That's true. Um, but yeah, so
1: always interesting to see what kind of storyline they bring with the rising. I mean, this is, uh, the eighth year now of, uh, Final Fantasy 14 ARR. I
0: believe so. Damn. 13. 14, 15, 16, 17, yeah. 18, 19, 20, 21, 9. Well, 13 okay. start start Counting well, so.
2: 2013
1: yes. or not. Well, 2013 is the beginning of it. So 14, 14 15, 16, 17, so, yeah. 18, 19, 20, eight. 8 years.
0: Yeah. Start counting at zero like a good computer scientist.
1: Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> we broke him. Zero,
2: one. Two, three, <laughs> four.
1: Fair, deserved, well deserved.
2: Five, six, seven. <laughs> there we yeah. go. I'm not gonna do the whole thing, but you all know how to count to 32 on your hand.
1: <laughs> but uh, no, <sighs> I always did enjoy um, these events. I I do remember our second episode was held in that special room. The
0: uh, 17th floor, wasn't it? Thir- yeah. Something like that. God, that was a while ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, six years ago. Because just remember, guys, episode one fifty two is our six year anniversary. So make sure to tune in oh, for that.
0: Nope, the eighteenth floor.
1: Yes, something. Yeah, it was something like that. I don't know if they're, if they're going to have something like that this year, though. We're gonna have to see. Pardon me, just a moment. All right, uh, while well, Sarah goes to take care. Okay, now care.
2: that he's gone and we're <laughs> correcting information, I would like y'all to know that it is a 13-hour and 16-minute, 862-mile drive from my house to Sarah's. False alarm. We're good. Okay, cool. Don't worry about it. We weren't talking about you at all. <laughs> Aww.
0: <laughs> my ego. Yeah, just,
2: just,
1: just make sure you're around in about, uh, about 15 hours, all right?
2: Yeah, that's 13 hours and 16 minutes. Well, don't worry about
1: it. I figure you're going to need a little bit of time before we leave, you know? Or, you know, hey, we got gotta... Set a
0: timer for 13 hours and 16 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to uh... wake up at ass o'clock tomorrow, and I'm not even sorry about it. <laughs> uh <geez. sighs> anyway, Actually, so like we said, that'll uh, be about a 9 like a.m.
1: Yeah. Anyways, yeah. T- talk <laughs> about derailing. Um, so the, the, Welcome. the Shadowbringers shadow OST is now available on audio streaming sites like Amazon music, Apple music, and Spotify. So if you did not get the, uh, um, original OST when it was released on uh Blu-ray, uh, and you have Apple music or Spotify, you can now listen to it with your plans there. So that's kind of oh, time neat.
2: to download big fat tacos. Sweet. Well, <laughs> so big.
1: Um, also, just as a reminder, "Death Unto Dawn" uh, the, the new OST will be releasing on September 15th, and pre-orders are still available. Because you, you're damn right, mine's pre-ordered.
0: We gotta have that uh, banjo kazooie, Matoya. <laughs> <sighs> I mean,
2: that's what we do, right? Is we buy minions and mounts, and they and come we get with free soundtracks. Free, free and soundtracks, <laughs> exactly.
1: yes. that you're exactly. Yeah, it just that's some, how this works. Some of the minions are just more expensive than others. That's all.
2: I'm not saying I have a post Moogle, and a friend of mine has a plushy post Moogle at their house, but I have a post Moogle minion. You can see mine behind me, and a receipt from Kotobukiya.
1: You you can see all a lot of the different minions kind of behind me there. So, <laughs> There's a handful of them. Yeah, just 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 one or or a thousand. That's all. Um. But speaking of, of things you can buy from Square Enix, uh, there are new Mog Station items. You can get last year's Moonfire Fair items, and uh, you can uh, get sale prices on the years prior items from the Moonfire Fair.
0: Ought to have that
2: hula skirt.
1: Some people like that
2: stuff. Oh, I forgot about that. Was that last <laughs> well, that year was a year good outfit.
1: Yes, that was last year's. Okay. Also... Apparently, there is a new mount that is causing a bit of a controversy amongst uh, a few of the player base. You know, some of them are going forward and back, and then forward and back. About Everyone it. has
0: hey made God, God, that it was Right
2: I will there, have you? <laughs> it was right there, and you were like, "I could be good." No, no, nah, low-hanging fruit. Come on, that's what you decided to go for. You know me. You know yes, me. we know you'll go for the low-hanging fruit.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 Jesus. <sighs> but, I mean, it, yes, I bought it. I I bought Okay, I bought 3 of them in fact.
2: Oh, really?
1: Yes, I bought well, I had Chili buy 2 of them for me and I sent him money because uh it's uh the the exchange rate was good.
2: Nice. Oh, okay, fair.
1: Plus then I, I gave Chili a little bit of a tip for, you know, for doing the, the, the doing me a solid there. Um So I got one for myself, I bought one for Sarah, and I bought one for you guys! So make sure to tune in in two weeks. We're going to have a bunch of giveaways for our sixth anniversary, including a cruise chaser mount. So make sure to uh, stop in, hang out um, as we uh, wax poetic about six years of uh, Phoenix Town Radio and uh, give you a whole bunch of cool shit. So...
2: It's gonna be fun it's gonna be a lot
1: of fun should be a, a real good time um so yeah and then there was a little bit of final fantasy pixel remasters news as well um yes from the uh from rpgfan.com uh they talked about uh, the fact that uh during a famitsu live stream uh for final fantasy creator Nobu sakaguchi's new game Fantasian. We got to hear and see a few minutes from the beginning of the upcoming Final Fantasy 4 Pixel Remaster. So I'm going to post. It looks so good. It, it actually does look really nice. I couldn't understand a bit so of it good. because, well, it was all in Japanese, but uh, I'm going to post well, a link to the video th- and it it starts right at the point where they're going to be starting to talk about and uh, show the very beginning of Final Fantasy 4. So later on, if you want to I- click on that and, and view that, it's pretty cool.
0: I mean, it's pretty easy to follow. Uh, Cecil and the Red Wings show up at Mycidia, where they take the Black Mages out to get ice cream. Oh, and now they're taking the White Mage out for ice cream. Oh, the Elder's lactose intolerant, so he's just wandering off to the side.
1: And Sarah has broken the show.
2: Thirteen hours and sixteen minutes, Timono. I'm on my damn way. God, this. You do. It looks.
1: Really, it, it does look really good, though. So I, I am. It
2: sounds really good. That's the other thing that we're gonna oh get into my in a God. bit. But it's. Oh my God, oh my so God. much fun.
1: Yes, which leads us very nicely into our discussion topic of the week. And it's going to be the first of a number of uh, discussions coming up in the future. We don't know exactly when yet of talking about different Final Fantasy uh, games and their iterations that have been released throughout
0: the history of the franchise. Mm -hmm. You mean we're planning a topic in advance?
1: I know.
2: How
1: how dare we? I mean, it's it's like, don't worry.
2: Don't worry, guys. We haven't forgotten about the soundtrack bit. We nope. are going to get back to it, since picking up Final Fantasy IX again. However, there's other shit going on, and we're going to do other shit first.
1: Yep, I-, I want to try and get it back into the soundtracks after our th- uh, sixth anniversary. So look forward to that. Yep. I have nine and ten both on deck and ready to go. We just want to, you know, talk about a lot of this other stuff that's happening, and then, of course, once we get closer to uh, Endwalker, there's going to be a lot of discussion there too. So. Lots of things to talk about within the Final Fantasy universe. So, anyway, Talis, why don't you take it away?
2: So, as somebody that is more of a classic end generation Final Fantasy gamer, I absolutely love the hell out of the news of getting pixel remasters. Uh, I was able to actually pick up an iPad because, boy oh boy, do I not want to play Final Fantasy three on a screen this big? And it has a blue Um, case. It has a blue case. (laughs) Sorry. Klaus was talking about Klaus rattled off like 18 numbers at me thinking that I knew what any of them meant and I was just like so my iPad has a blue case because I just do not care about any of the tech (laughs) shit that he talks about like ever Um, it's nice to know how I rank (laughs) sorry man the case is blue Uh, you are not uh, no no, I I am very blue now come on I wanted to see it better and I wanted to play more so I've been kind of taking notes and thinking about how I wanted to talk about this segment for a couple of weeks now since the games first got released. The the main thing we wanted to do was talk about the meta point where enough people had gotten to play them and people had experience with them. So I wasn't just coming in and saying, hi, go spend $18 on a game that I'm going to tell you the end of, because that's kind of dumb. So we kind of waited until after the news cycle and sort of died. So there's a ton of video essays about them all over YouTube and other platforms. So this is just sort of our thoughts and like things that we wanted to talk about that ended up sort of sparking more. I eventually I landed on just wanting to talk about the games in order. And my first thought was, let's talk about my favorite game to my least favorite. Let's talk about the biggest game to the shortest game. And I was like, nope, let's just do them in order. It sounds kind of boring, but it's sort of not because it goes from the short game to the weird game to the really good version of a game. And I felt like that's a very important piece of storytelling. And as anybody that knows anything about the history of Square Enix, they're a lot better at telling stories than they are about doing almost anything else. So the first game we're talking about, Original Final Fantasy. Came out on Famicom, came out on original Nintendo Entertainment System. The original version of the game, most of the spells didn't work. Of the stats didn't do anything. The story was very loose and difficult to kind of understand. So rather than just relate the Pixel Remaster games to all of the re-releases from PlayStation Portable to Game Boy Advance to Steam, Square Enix decided that they wanted to base the new Pixel Remaster version off of the original version of the game, the original Famicom NES era, and just kind of make all their design choices from there. So while it's not super hard to find or make a list of all the stuff that they removed from all the remakes, like the extra dungeons and such, it's pretty cool to see all of the amazing things in the simplicity of what they did choose to keep of making a remaster of a very, very pixel-based game. FF1 goes back to the original Magic style of the NES and Famicom versions where you get a set amount of spell charges per level, you get charges as you level up, you gain more charges at higher levels after you do a job change. There is no MP system like the later games have. This is a mixed bag and came upon some mixed reactions. Uh, Sarah, I know you were mentioning kind yeah. of an interesting concept for magic.
0: Oh. Uh... Uh, go for it. Oh, yeah. So uh, I've heard the term Vancian magic magic. Uh which is a little more like kind of your really traditional D&D stuff, where it wouldn't even be, okay, you have level one or level two charges. It would just be, say, for instance, all right, right, I've we finished resting at the inn. Why white Wage will have two castings of Cure One and one of Poisona. And then, like, you're not even just saying how many charges, but you're actually pre-selecting the spells. So with both... Compared to MP, both of those systems, of uh, the Final Fantasy 1 system and the Vansian system, have a lot more, okay, you need to pre-plan a little bit of what you're going to be doing, you need to, uh, you may go to a place, find you have the wrong things, and then you have to withdraw and go back to prepare again, yep. uh, I th- Wasn't it in Final Fantasy 1 that, at least on a given character, they couldn't learn all the spells of a level and you had to pick and choose, you I had think?
1: To, I think it was only three of each uh, tier.
2: So you get three out of four. Um, every level or every tier of magic has four spells for each type. Uh, I think it's level seven and level 8 that They're split across a couple of different magic stores that you have to find, mm-hmm. but you can only learn three but there's also certain spells like heal and dia that you c- and holy and flare that you can only learn as a white mage or as a white wizard. Your red mage isn't capable of learning those. Yep. So if you have a red and a white, you can say, well, I can learn all four. The white mage learns the stuff that only they can learn. The red mage learns one of the other things. And then the black mage that you have learns the stuff only the black mage can learn. And then the red mage kind of learns the other thing and you end up getting nine opportunities to learn a spell three for each character across eight spells so you get everything and it's not so bad this but also means you've built a very mage
0: focused party
2: if you do rainbow mage it's definitely a process so the the trick with vancy and magic was from actually uh we'll get into DD a little bit more later but for and D second edition uh mages which are no longer a thing they're now called wizards uh you did actually have to learn your individual spells that you would yep. have memorized for the day. Yep. And yeah, it was horrendous and I'm really glad that they changed it. Uh so for FF1 specifically, it does a couple of things to have levels for your spells. It means that you're limited to using all your low-level spells instead of like the PSP version where you have a kind of near infinite amount of opportunities to cast them. You can just cast fire nonstop. You never need to buy a dagger for your black mage cuz you just you have fire forever. And if you get low on MP, it doesn't matter. It's a cheap spell. You can keep going. But if you run out of level 1 spells in the NES version or Pixel Remaster, that's too damn bad. You have to figure it out. You have level 2 spells. AD&D, you could say, well, I'm going to use a level 2 spell slot to cast a lower level spell, either powered up or not, depending on the system. This doesn't care. You don't have lightning anymore. You don't have sleep, you don't have fire, you don't have stun, you don't have cure, you don't have dia, you don't have protect or or blink. You don't have any of it. What you do have is level 2 spells. You have access to heal. The AoE heal. You have access to ice. You have access to all your level 2 spells, but if you're at a level 2 and level 1, I hope you brought a sharp stick because you're out of spells. And until you do a long rest, you're not going to get very far. Dungeons and dragons second either. edition. No, there is no ether. There's pure and heal and that's it. And you get 99 of them. Obviously they changed it a little bit. We'll get into that. Uh, but FF one is very, very, very much just dungeons and dragons. Second edition. Uh, so if you've played the old versions, if you're old like me and played from the 80s, cool. If not, <laughs> FF1 definitely shows its age pretty hard. I personally like the old Magic system. I think it actually fits this world a lot better than the MP did. Uh, so I actually really like that they went back to it. The text, graphics, and character design seem to be tuned up just a little bit to look better on a flat screen, touchscreen style system. They're available on Steam, so if you do have a PC and you want to use a keyboard to play something that only requires two buttons. um, You can do that. I don't know why you would, but you can. Um, There's also, if you want to be a, you know, try hard, you can also hook up controllers and stuff. And that's definitely the better option. Uh, the new version also includes a couple of cool bits like having an optimize option for equipment that lets you optimize your armor and your weapons um, based on their statistics. Which so is something you didn't that's have to really memorize. nice
1: uh, from some of the more, the newer games. It's...
2: That was a nice, uh, there's a sort feature for your item list, which didn't used to be a thing. Each item in FF1 was a fixed location yep. in the inventory, and it just was illuminated or not, one or zero, based on whether or not you had it. Um, Updated names for all the armor and weapons that make a bit more sense, because boy, was it super annoying to be like, you find Ribbon and have no space. Well, what, the f- what does a Ribbon do? I have no idea. I already have 16 pieces of armor. What do I do? You throw away the wrong thing, and now you have five pieces of headgear, and that just sucks for you. You just threw away your Genji mail or whatever. So having icons and names that make sense so that you know what all the items are, definitely nice. Uh, This version does patch all the spells, so you're not dealing with the NES version where none of the spells work. Um, It patches the run bug, which didn't work. Uh, Run calculated against enemies your ability to escape combat. Thieves were supposed to have a spike in that. They didn't work in the NES version, so the NES actually only has five jobs that function. Uh, There was a stat growth issue for Black Mages. Intelligence doesn't do anything, uh, which was cool. It also gives a key items list separate from your regular item list. So for things like the canoe, the rod, or the loot, they're in a separate spot from your potions and your tents and your sleeping bags. Um, They did add things like sleeping bags, cottages, ethers, um, a few things to just make the game a more enjoyable experience.
0: It does seem like there's a difference between, okay, this is a design decision for how the system works, and while it may have changed, we want to represent the truest experience of that. And this is just the thing that if they could have implemented this back then, they would have. Leaving, keeping you from having it serves no appreciable thing, so we'll go ahead and put it in. Yep.
2: The original NES game was very, very limited on memory. And as a result, that's actually where we came up with the uh, multiple versions of every enemy. So if you see an enemy and you're like, okay, this is an enemy and it has a lot of red and orange and brown tones and it's earth-based, it's not so bad. And then you find another one later that's, like, red and yellow, and you're like, oh, shit, it's the same thing, but it's fire now. And then you find another one that's blue when you're on the ship, and you find another one that's purple and green and hits you with toxic, and you're like, oh, my God, there's four of these things. No, there's one, and it's easier to just change that color palette Mm -hmm. because that image was so big at the time. It was easier to change the color palette and then just give it slightly different moves than it was to create a whole new wholesale brand new enemy and the same was true with armor and weapons every sword is the same sword with a different value attached to it which is why you could only equip one sword because swords were either equipped or not and that was cool in 1987 it's 2021 i bought an ipad from target to play this game We have a little bit more memory capability now in our devices. We can have an inventory, thank God. (laughs) Um, It also allows us to do things, uh, let's see, new memory allows us to save on the world map, which was cool. That wasn't a thing. Uh, You had to buy a lot of tents in the old game. Um, It's kind of a standardized JRPG RPG feature. You can save on the world map, but not in a town or a dungeon, unless you have a save point in the dungeon or whatever. Um, There's a quick save option due to the nature of a mobile platform. Where, if you need to like quick save and then shut the game down because you're at work or you need to do something useful instead of play video games all day, all right, a little weird, but sure, fine. It also does Some a people cool having optimized where it allows their you... lives. It also gives you a save point to reload if you wipe to a boss. Hmm. So, it allows you to do the save in front of a legendary, then go fight Mewtwo style of battle if you want to make sure that you don't have to redo the entire Sky Tower uh, again, because you screwed up saving. Don't worry, I didn't do that this time. I've done it before though, and it sucks.
1: <laughs> um, oh, you mean like when you're- There's block- also an
2: auto-save feature.
1: When you're running oh, through the, uh, the tower and you come across Wormack?
2: When you go across Wormack, uh when you get to the top and you're like, or you're doing the volcano and there's eight branches and you're like, I know it's the lower left but my brain won't let me do it. And you go off to some other stupid place to get a useless item that you don't need and you die. That's always not fun. <laughs> uh, the good news is that when you enter a new floor, you enter a dungeon, you leave a dungeon, uh, you go into a city, you leave a city, there's an autosave feature that will make sure that if you just completely space out and run through the game, you don't, you aren't completely screwed. It doesn't save after battles, though. So if you just leave a town and then... Battle for four hours and your iPad dies. Don't worry, didn't do that either. But <laughs> if it did, that would suck because you just lose four hours of play and there's nothing you can do. Pay attention um, to your battery, I,
0: people. Pay or, attention
2: and keep a charger nearby. Yeah. I was just saying, uh, just keep all in, in all, I ended up running the game. Yeah. I used uh, Fighter Monk Red Black uh, for my first run through the game. Uh, my usual, if I'm speed running, is going to be um, either Double Fighter Double Red or uh, Fighter Rainbow Mage. And so I ended up just having a potion thrower, a muscle bound idiot, one copy of haste and as many copies of temper as I could get off before the boss died. Uh, (laughs) So rinse, repeat. Um, It was fine. Uh, Remember, magic is for minions and melee is for bosses. That's my tip for FF one. That is Uh, what I usually expect. It is actually very interesting. Um, It runs into a piece of lore out of Lord of the Rings. Wherein Gandalf is very powerful and he helps them through their adventure and the ability to illuminate things or, you know, fight a Balrog by yourself or, you know, shoot something out of your staff or 1v1 another wizard is something that he's very capable of. But the final big against the Urukai, against the giant pieces of armor wielding, muscle bound death machines, it's not magic. It's fighting, it's swords, it's tactics, it's intelligence, it's not magic. So the magic is not his answer. The magic is his tool to get to a place where he needs that answer. Anyway, I'll let you all think about that for the next two weeks. (laughs) Have fun with that. Um, Moving on to Final Fantasy 2. Praise the sun. uh, The UI is the same for all three games it's so incredibly nice. So where things are, the list of where stuff is on the menu, the way the inventory works, um how you like find magic on your side menu where your character status is, the save buttons, it's all the same.
0: Muscle memory won't so betray inc- you.
2: It's so nice. Obviously the systems for 1 and 2 and definitely 3 have some different options. However, just the general layout is roughly the same so that you don't have to learn a new game every single time yeah, you play
1: a, a unified ui is definitely something that this series has needed um i mean if you every iteration of final fantasy has a very very different system a very very different menu layout i mean they've gotten a little bit better at it with some of the later iterations but yeah it was like all over the place when it first started
2: which it's really nice to see like if you look at final fantasy 9 final fantasy 10 uh kingdom hearts you're like, okay, cool. My menu is on the bottom left corner. That's really neat. It's good to have it there. Then you get FF1 on the NES and you're like, why is it in like the 60% away from the left side in the middle bottom in its own box? Like This doesn't make any sense. So for the remakes, they actually put it all on the left corner like, they, like they're doing with everything else. If you've played a remake or remaster, Game Boy Advance, PSP, whatever, in the last 15 years, You're playing on a modified version of the Super Famicom Final Fantasy VI engine for pretty much all of it. Um, They're on like version four or five of it up to the PSP 20th anniversaries, but they're all basically running on FF6. And if you play the original FF6 and then start playing the GBAs or PSP versions, you can see kind of how they picked their best version to base it on. This is newer than that. This isn't a different system from that. So if you're expecting to just play the GBA version, it's not, it's very different. Uh, Let's see here, we already talked about that bit. So FF2 is longer than FF1, mostly because we figured out how memory was supposed to work. Uh, It utilizes a more robust flagging system where things like keywords, key characters, uh, key items will all need to be visited and revisited dozens of times in a very specific order with the correct words and key items available in order to unlock kind of the next bit of the story. So you can walk from one side of the, du- of the map to the other, do a dungeon, get a key item, walk all the way back to where you were, use the key item to get two new keywords, to go halfway up the map to use a keyword, to go all the way back to the dungeon to use the other keyword to go to a new location. All in all, you only went from where you started to the new location, which were next to each other, but you had to do a whole lot of stuff to get there. So by having more flags, you get to make the game a little bit longer,
0: and you can actually also, like this... start imposing a narrative on it because then it's like, okay, why are we going there? Are we passing on information? We're telling people about stuff. We're getting supplies. Like they have this was the one that had a story about oh the overarching empire and the resistance, I think.
2: It this was i mean it's star wars like honestly like you fight the emperor it's star wars you fight a dreadnought that's in the sky that you blow up and it doesn't solve the problem it's it's fine yeah. but it's very big and it's very good and now we get to the parts that are not as great i'm going to remain as positive as i can however this part definitely makes the game a challenge and this is going back to the ff2 nes roots and using an incredibly odd leveling system that at the time of its release in 1988 was not well received compared to the FF1 version. We kind of run into the same problem in 2021 as using the old style. The general concept is pretty straightforward. You cast magic, you get good at magic. Duh. If you swing a sword, you get good with a sword. If you get beat up a lot, you get more vitality. If you cast more spells, you get more spell casting ability. Cast a lot of spells, Your MP goes down, you get more MP at the end of battle for your max MP. You swing a sword, use a bow, use an axe, use a spear. You get better with those weapons, and then you hit with more hits per turn and do more damage later. And that's cool. On paper is an absolute logistical nightmare pain in the ass if you are trying to play it casually at all, which most mobile games are tend to lean towards a more casual style where you can just throw your phone back in your pocket and pick it up later. So there's now instances where you're trying to hit your own party member or casting a spell that doesn't actually affect your party, but you're doing it for no reason other than casting the spell during battle helps level up the spell and lowers your MP so that you get more MP after the battle. Oh my god, what a nightmare. Isuna is pretty cool. If you get Isuna to level 5, which requires somewhere in the neighborhood of like 200 casts, it can cure poison and darkness and a handful of other cool issues. But it can't cure paralysis, and it can't cure stone. But at level 6, it can cure stone. Still can't cure paralysis. And so there was an instance where I fought things that poisoned me just in order to cast Asuna to level it up so that I could unstone a party member that I ran out of gold needles and couldn't fix otherwise.
0: Damn. Because, and also because sucked. you don't want to wait until enemies have started turning you to stone and paralyzing you to be like, hey, I'd like a spell that could fix that. Because now you go, oh, here's a spell that fixes that, and
2: then you use it and it doesn't work. And if a spell won't work, like Cure can't Cure beyond your max HP, if a spell won't work, it just won't cast. So you can't just cheat and cheese it out and cast Asuna for no reason.
0: You're gonna have there's to beat also, each other up and poison each other.
2: There's also a point where uh, the newer games use a naming system for spells, uh, Cure, Cura, Curaga, Um and the older systems were using things like Fire, Fire 2, Fire 3, whatever. Instead of that, you just have a higher modifier or higher spell level number. So you just have fire level five, fire level eight, fire level 14, fire level 21. And as that level gets higher from casting the spell a crap crapload, you get a higher modifier. And that modifier goes against your stat. Uh, if you cast a lot of spells, you have a higher spellcasting stat. If you're a melee fighter, you have a lower spellcasting stat. It goes against stat versus modifier against spell, uh, hits that damage with an element, and then that element goes out to enemies. Damage and healing work roughly the same way when they do that calculation. If you are healing one target, it sends all the numbers that your calculation makes at one target. If you target the whole party, it's now dividing that number by three or four, however many people are alive same with with damage output so if you have okay my fire is level 14 or whatever and my intelligence is 65 this is going to be great and it goes out but you're splitting it across five six eight enemies you're better off buffing your melee fighter because you're just not going to do enough damage for that fire to do
0: anything and I I always liked that uh, this part of it, Uh, it felt weird to me that you would have like say, Okay, I have learned as three separate spells, the ability to make a small burst of fire, to make a big burst of fire, to make a thermal whatnot. Uh, And the fact that you could say, learn fire too without knowing fire in many of the game systems. Like a lot of that always struck me as strange, so just a, I know how to create magical fire, and as I get bigger at it, I can create hotter, more intense blasts. That one feels more correct, but I see how it runs into the other issues of, okay, when you're trying to play this as a game, you start running into all the other stuff you want to do and it kind of gets in the way.
2: Or you just say, well, I don't need lightning. Nothing's weak to it. I have two axes. It doesn't matter. And then you get meet Layla and she gives you her pirate ship and you spend the next hour of the game on the ocean and your lightning does... Four damage against enemies that have 1100 hit points mm. and that four was
0: after weakness good luck with that it, what be am nice i supposed
2: if, to do it'd be <laughs> nice if there's
0: a way to practice the spells besides casting them in
2: combat and yet again this was one of the bigger issues uh, this is an yeah. ff2 issue this is not a pixel remaster issue this is just the way the game was designed mm-hmm. Uh, the other yeah. thing is, it's a little tricky to keep track of where to go. Anybody that's played old games is very known for having the notebook nearby. Anybody that's ever played the original Dragon Warrior knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, I hand drew a map, too. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is a whole rabbit hole I'm not going into. But uh, there's a wizard inside of your main starting city, uh, your main castle in Altier that always tells you what your next step is and what keyword you need in order to use it. I don't know if that wizard was always there because here in North America, the first version of FF2 I got was on PlayStation 1, I believe. Origins? Origins, yeah. And so Same. that dude was just always there. So, like, I have no idea if he was originally there or not, but thank you, Square, Soft, Square Enix. Uh, that dude was super helpful. Um, so, FF2 is good. It's actually super good. The stories deep uh if you're into the story it's great if you're not into the story it's a little tough to break into midway through you kind of have to be paying attention you do need to know where you're going you need to know what order you're doing it in and you kind of have to have a pretty good grasp on the system because just going out and fighting stuff and hoping you get bigger numbers than everything else it works but it doesn't work the best from a personal standpoint personal opinion uh i don't know what bosses are like in this game I have absolutely no idea. I am kind of unfamiliar with two. I didn't really like the system. I didn't enjoy the level grind adjustment when they switched it in the PlayStation version to just EXP equals level equals stats. I didn't really enjoy that. I don't really care for this particular story, So I don't know this game particularly well, which means that I'm grinding against really difficult and challenging enemies in the wrong places. And that means my grinding sessions are horrendous and my boss fights are a joke. I am running through dungeons and battles that would start with six enemies and they would I would be surprised by enemies. Okay, whatever. All six enemies would go. Three would attack me. Two would miss and the other three would run away Hmm. before I got a turn. That's not how battles in a dungeon work. That's not how battles in a dungeon for story progression are supposed to work. Generally, you're supposed to be like, a little bit weaker than the thing you're fighting, because that means you're progressing correctly.
0: It feels very real lifey, but in a way that kind of defeats the ability to play a game.
2: It definitely... it I unfortunately i was a game tester for an unhealthy amount of time and now i just tend to break things um i did break this nice. game by the way and soft locked it which was cool uh, i lost about 40 minutes of gameplay i was able to get <sighs> out of the ship in the ocean that was neat wow uh so t- yeah due to life the universe and everything uh i haven't beaten this one yet this was my third game i beat the first the other two already i haven't beaten this one yet um i've been trying to but just stuff keeps coming up and college and everything else um Normally I'd say, hey, spoilers are nonsense. It's been, you know, three weeks or a month or a year, or 10 years or whatever. Final Fantasy II has been out since I was four years old. I think so spoilers are kind of whatever. Uh, however, <laughs> because this is a pixel remaster and we do have a new generation of players. Um, That's fair. This is a super cool way to play it. And this is a cool instance of how to play this game. So go play it. Enjoy your experience. Keep a notebook handy, um, and remember that whatever you do, it's not your fault. This game is just balls hard. Uh, yeah. One thing too, I wish they people. had
1: uh, kept the system that was on the Final Fantasy Origins um, version of two, instead of going back to the, uh, the the Famicom version where you had to destroy yourself and cast everything in order to really progress within the yeah.
2: game. Yeah. I have mixed feelings. I think I actually again. I like the idea of swing a sword, you're good with a sword, you use a spear, you're good with a spear, you cast a spell, you're good with the spell. i mean they... I don't like wandering and casting fire single target, not a o e target to overkill stuff that has eight hit points and then defending with three other characters for hours yeah. it's not interesting i
1: mean there have been other final fantasy games that have utilized a similar system i mean if you look at 11 you know the weapons were all leveled up by utilizing them on a regular basis and that was grindy enough as it was but i mean that's how you're able to learn weapon skills and and get more proficient with the the weapon itself um uh final fantasy 10 2 you've got you know you have to actually use the jobs in order to gain points in order to expand what you can learn and, and utilize
0: as each uh just sphere um but uh and they went- There is something Go ahead. There is something like kind of Pleasantly compelling and progressiony about. I have worked hard at this thing, and I have attained a new level of skill, and I have reaped the rewards of it in terms of mastering a new ability or being able to hit harder and cut through defenses. Like there is something really satisfying about that. But there's that. Been and something
1: see- like that throughout all of them. It's called level up. You've gained oh. experience by fighting enemies. You, you have done all of those things. And then you hit a, a certain XP uh, point, and you now have more HP. You now have more MP. Your strength goes up, and these different things. And it's in a lot of the older games. Even it was a random amount that it would go up. You, you it would roll basically like a D three D four type of thing, and it would increase your stats by some of that. And occasionally you wouldn't get a stat increase on a certain thing. I mean, Dragon Warrior especially was uh, was well Ooh, known for that. Yeah, but. The fact that you have to do every single thing you want to do in Final Fantasy 2 and utilize it all the time in order to to advance on any of it, that's just a little bit overboard.
2: Well, it's the kind al- of asinine, and, and you hit a point where it's like, okay, I need to keep going. This sword has an attack rating of 65. I have spears with an attack rating of 110, but Firion's spear skill is at 1. Mm-hmm and it's still worth it for you to switch to the spears, and then he just levels up the spears to six or seven, and then, okay, it's not so bad, and then you get a dagger and another sword, and you're like, well, this is dumb. Like, it just doesn't make, the weapon system doesn't make
0: sense. It's really challenging. Yeah. Like, the other thing I like about it is this was a reasonably early on game where you got to sort of define what your character's classes were. Yeah. Not even just like, yes. a, okay, this is the, a white mage, this is a black mage. You could be like, okay, this is my spear using a magician who has a little bit of curing support as well, or things like that.
1: I mean, the, the idea behind it was always interesting, but the execution just left a little bit to be desired. That's-
0: it was
2: challenging, and you also end up just going, okay, well, I'm going to have one person be a caster, and then two people be melee. And then you run out of it. You're like, well, she already knows all the spells. She can't learn more spells. You have to start deleting them in order to learn new ones. And you're like, well, I guess I'm deleting stun because it's worthless. I guess I'm deleting aura because it's worthless. And then you're like, awesome. That was 3000 gil back when 3000 gil took me an hour and a half to grind for (laughs) it. But if you know that in advance, you just be like, well, aura's not worth it. Just get berserk. Uh, berserk doesn't make you berserk; it just ups your attack strength, which is cool. Huh. Sayer, so stop um, playing Defoe. And, an A- <laughs> and, <it's> an A- <laughs> and it's an Ao, and is an and an AoE skill, which is great. Uh, yeah, I just group group haste, group berserk. Off we go. Now, on to my favorite game of the three. Final this Fantasy the- Three lives in my top five of the main franchise.
0: That's the one that like changed the most between like the original and the remakes, wasn't it? Mm-hmm.
2: I like 3 more than I like 7, 10, 15, 13, 11. I love the hell out of 3. I hated the DS remake of that game. I could not get... I got through it twice out of spite. I am not interested. Once on Kindle, once on DS. It just... Ugh. The original FF1... You arrive in front of a castle with no apparent reason. You have four characters, you name them yourself with four letters each, you're each holding an orb. Good luck. That's your story. That's your party. That's your whole adventure. You have to figure it out. In FF2, you get a pile of named characters. You know, welcome to your welcome to the game. Here's a battle. Alright. There's four named characters. You die. You don't see the fourth character for 35 hours of gameplay. What the hell? Like it's just it's so convoluted in three four onion knights suddenly appear in a dungeon for no apparent reason and it's a mini dungeon it's like two screens it's like it has one branching path that leads to a healing pond it's fine you find a crystal and it grants you powers and that crystal allows you to pick from your first handful of jobs so for people that like 5 and 11 and 14 and tactics and final fantasy 12 zodiac age and final fantasy 10 2 if you're crazy this is where the jobs come from. This is the primordial soup that sort of starts the whole job based system beyond the here's your base six from FF1 that we mm-hmm. got in Final Fantasy 11. Those were your base six there as well mm-hmm. for the same reason removed from this version of the game is the multi battle warm up that characters would need to do when they would switch between jobs. There was an instance in the, I believe it was the DS or PSP version, where switching from one job to another meant that your new job operates at a loss of 12.5% from its base stats Mm -hmm. for up to 10 battles. Changing from a melee job to a melee job was fewer number of battles you had to endure to make that go down, but changing from like melee to magic or magic to melee was a lot more. And the longer you stayed in a job the fewer battles it took to sort of reset yourself and get yourself back into the mentality of I am a red mage now, not a knight or I am a red or I'm a black mage, not a warrior. But switching between knight and warrior would only take maybe one or two battles because that's not too different. Uh, It's that's gone. That's completely gone. The Famicom version had a set value of capacity points. You earned capacity points, one or two per battle for every battle you were in. And it took a fixed amount of capacity points to change jobs at all. You got one freebie from Onion Knight to whatever you picked first. Everything else took capacity points. And if you were switching from, say, Mage to Melee, it took a crap load, like 60 to 80. Oh, wow. So that's that's 50 to 70 battles. But if you were switching from, like, Mage to Mage, it took a lot less. But you still had to earn those capacity points. It was a secret value up to 255. So the game kind of rewards you for wandering a bit to earn those capacity points, to have the flexibility of switching between jobs. Um, They set it up so that you couldn't do things like switch to a thief, unlock a door without a key, and then switch back to a warrior. Not that you can do that in the Pixel Remaster, but you should definitely check to see if you can, because it's kind of neat. (laughs) Uh, Oops! Um, It was cool. It, It rewards you for wandering. It rewards you for getting capacity points and doing those two to ten battles to change jobs. It kind of hides the, like, level grind, um, because you do need to level grind a bit, but this sort of hides it under the idea of working out the bugs of having your new party composition. So here in 2021, we don't have time. Exactly. Here in 2021, ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Uh, So when you switch to a new job, the job comes in full strength just straight up you are a level 61 black mage out of the box and it's like oh god it's kind of nuts um but there's so much shit to do that it doesn't really feel like you are overpowered uh there is no secondary skill equipping like in 5 or tactics where you can learn throw stone and then switch to being you know a black mage and then you have the ability to throw a stone still uh and do knockback or stun you don't learn item usage by being a white mage or whatever and then I think it's a chemist and then switch to being a squire and then level up to being a knight and be like oh I still have items because I was this. There's no secondary skills what job you have is the job you are period
0: So and that just means that some jobs just get obsoleted because it's like okay everything can do this better kind of thing.
2: We will get there um okay there's no cross uh, cross class skills from like the 3.0 in editions of uh, Final Fantasy 14. Back when we had to, uh, for us former monks having to level up dragoon to get blood for blood. Oh, remember that nonsense, um, that crap. Yeah, <laughs> there's none of that. Um, there's none of that. It's just here's your job. So instead, whatever job you are, when you level up, you get your stat growth from that job, and there's modifiers for all of your different stats and hit points and whatnot. The only thing that sticks around, however, is your maximum hit point score. Your MP Mm. will change, your intelligence, your vitality, that all changes. But your hit point score stays the same. And now that there's no loss from switching from one job to the other, there's pretty much nothing stopping you from having everybody run as a fighter for a few levels and now have a white mage with 5,000 hit points at the beginning of the game. Uh, Mm. It's fun. Do that. The story (laughs) for three is a story that the player sort of gets to write. It's all fixed. Like every, it's an art, it's a JRPG from the late 80s, early 90s. It is a fixed story that we are going through. But it feels like you are actively part of it. It's a challenge, it's a puzzle, and you get to solve it on your own rather than just having them hold your hand through a story. You get a lot of call and response challenges that are issued, and your party composition. Your equipment and magic preparedness and your understanding of how the story is supposed to be at this moment, that decides whether or not you're successful. It's not just, well, i have level 99, so it doesn't matter what I do. I'm going to earthquake everything. No, you have to know what you're doing. This is also the first instance of Onion Knights. Onion Knights are either the most powerful job or absolutely worthless. There's nothing in between. In the original version, you start as an Onion Knight. Um, you can get Onion Knight armor in Final Fantasy XIV as well in the Crystal Tower Raid series. Uh, Onion Knights got renamed in the DS remix uh, as Arc, Luneth, Refia, and Ingus. They were just orphan kids. Uh, some of them had parents, not all of them did. And they kind of were just given a little bit more backstory just because having four blank canvases didn't feel like it was gonna work. Um, so they felt like they had a need to give them all, jo- or give them all names, and I think they all came with default jobs when you first got them as well. Uh, Onion Knight was a job that you attempted to unlock, and that gave you access to every weapon, every armor, every spell, and like the highest modifier for stat growth. So if you had that and you got it before you were 99, you're going to max out and go insane. 3 also has some of the more psychotic pieces of media and characters from the franchise. Uh, characters like Une and Doga that have showed up in Defu. They've showed up in Dissidia. Um, there's things named after them in all of the spin-offs, including Theater Rhythm. Uh, they show up in 14 as characters and enemies. Uh, the Crystal Tower, also showing up as a character and enemy. If you are part of our Discord, check out the photos or pictures channel. Um, I've actually posted a handful of screenshots from my run through three. Uh, A lot of the iconic jobs in the series also started from this game, including Sage with the cat ears came from here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now, this is the third game on the Famicom. Obviously one was, holy crap, our company isn't going bankrupt. Two was two. And (laughs) here you're coming in. You're now coming in against two Final Fantasy games. You're coming in as the third game after a company was about ready to close their doors and not reopen. You're going up against Enix's Dragon Quest. You're going up against Nintendo's Legend of Zelda. You're going up against Faxanadu. Sega's standing over there holding four games in the Yeast franchise going, Hi, what can you do? Three had a challenge that it had to overcome just to even get released and be successful at all. But we still use the job system in Final Fantasy Tactics, re-releases, uh, all three. Final Fantasy fourteen uh whatever's left of 11 10, two, uh i'm kind of willing to put my chips on ff3 being successful historically looking back because we still use parts of it everywhere i mean it, it did get a, a remaster, North american
1: release or you know with with the ds even though it, it wasn't uh very popular on by some people's oh. standards a lot of people really did enjoy that version with the four named um onion knights
0: and uh, one thing I also want to throw in is even the ones that didn't use a job system directly uh, still had vestiges of it. Uh, Final Fantasy XII, the international version, they provided license mm-hmm. boards that kind of had uh, job associations with them. Um, with Final Fantasy X, until you started getting the unlock spheres that really let you go crazy with whatever you wanted. So it, in the earlier parts, it was guiding you towards a job for each of the people.
2: You had a white mage, which was Yuna. You had a black mage, which was Lulu. You had a knight, you, which was the buckler and a sword. You had an archer. He was throwing a ball, but you had an archer. Um, you had using a paladin, effects. who was effectively a paladin slash samurai. <laughs> uh, you had a blue mage slash dragoon. Like, you definitely still had some of
0: these iconic roles. Oh, and um, with the early unlocks, you started kind of multi-classing them
2: a little bit um definitely giving Kimara uh, Mono Kimari runs are fun to watch by the way if you mm. ever decide that you hate yourself and have 19 hours uh, <laughs> there you can do some cool stuff so the pixel remaster for this um it handles the story it handles the dialogue and it handles the graphical redesign absolutely fantastically it removes the mini stories and the like nine text boxes and the parents or whatever from the DS versions which my first thought was no i'm kind of iffy on them i didn't really care either way but it's like i don't like i felt like it was an upgrade to give them names i felt like it was a benefit and a boon to the story and to our players to have someone to attach to what's the character's name blue and orange sprite in fourth slot that's not as cool as arc it's just not right And so I thought I wanted them to be that more modern version. But after playing the DS version and after playing Pixel Remaster, I don't think we actually lose anything because now I'm not sitting down with a console, with a cartridge, with a disc, with any of that. I'm playing an old remastered 1990 game on my phone. I don't necessarily need to have the deepest story and the most named characters ever. I kind of just want to poke and watch spells go off. So, oh as weirdly non canon as like Giggity, um, <laughs> as weirdly non canon as like Dissidia franchises are, the arcade, the two consoles, and then Defu as well, choosing to include the Onion Knight for Final Fantasy 3 actually makes a lot more sense than including someone like Lunith, Because if you didn't play that specific remake, you wouldn't necessarily understand who Lunith was. It's the same issue that we have with including uh, the Warrior of Light in the first Dissidia game with the original Amano armor with the big horns and the blue armor. That was really cool the first time. And then it shows up in World of Final Fantasy as a Lilican, And you're like, okay, this is cool. Because I know Dissidia. If you're playing World of Final Fantasy and your only instance of Final Fantasy 1 was, say, the 20th anniversary PSP game, and somebody goes, I'm the Warrior of Light, and you're like, excuse me, the Warrior of Light wears red armor and has brown hair. Who are you? So making it Lunath would also create that same kind of dichotomy of understanding where characters are coming from and where they're supposed to be.
1: Though to be fair, into food they did actually give him a, um, you can actually have the red and brown haired version of the red and brown. Right. Yeah. Which, which was a good <laughs> upgrade.
0: I'm glad they did that. Yes. So you uh, have to pay so for overall, it. overall thoughts. <laughs> uh, one other thing uh, i to throw in there is on yeah. onion nights, I am told, and you might be able to verify this, that onion is kind of a, uh, sometimes uses a slang term for like cheap. So like onion night is kind of like, it's like a cheap discount night.
2: It's basic onions are like when I was buying produce to make curry, a carrot would be 190 yen and a single stalk of celery was 130 yen and a potato was 160 yen and an onion would be like 20 yen. It would be like literally 17 cents. Like it, they, they're just everywhere because they grow in the dirt and you can tear them. And Japan loves building things vertically, and you can grow onions in tiered planting, so they're really, really cheap and very plentiful and in everything. As a result, yeah, onion is kind of the discount version. Uh, I did see some sketchy, sketchy cabs in uh, Kyushu that had onions on the door. Not literal (laughs) ones, but pictures of them. Uh, Like, we're talking rims-didn't-match kind of sketch, so like... (laughs) Maybe there's some truth to that. <laughs> uh, so overall thoughts for Pixel Remaster for the 2 and point eight games that I've beaten. Uh, the font thing is weird. Uh, I do understand why people don't like the font. It doesn't look like a traditional Final Fantasy font at all. I've seen the pack for the Steam version, that, like we mentioned last week. If you choose to run it, go for it. Um, it does look a lot like the GBA one, so it's a little bit more pixelated. There's a shadow behind it. It's kind of neat. I'm playing it on a touchscreen on an iPad, my dude. I need a more legible font. I'm too old for this. Um, It's a bit like reading Snow Crash on a Kindle versus reading it in a paperback book. It's a very different experience. And this is one of the same things of just, you know, I think I like the new font just fine. Uh, The blue menus are the same color of blue. So that was really nice. They kind of hit that nostalgia note um, that very rarely connects. Uh, Character designs are robust. They're upgraded. They definitely look like the characters they're supposed to. They look like they're based off their NES sprites and upgraded. So like the white wizard in FF one still looks like somebody with a robe that they dropped off their head that has long hair and not like a princess in a dreamcast film, like the PSP version did. It just, Um, so they kind of dropped some of the bobblehead Funko Poppy style designs. Uh, And it kind of went more to an actual pixel remaster per the name. Um, All three games do feature one amazing cool thing that is probably my favorite aspect of all of the games. There's a fast forward button. (laughs) (laughs) It makes everything go at like 3x speed. Your characters initiate the same command they did last time. If the command can't work, they run out of MP. They're throwing an item, whatever. They just attack. So if you just need to smash things with weapons until your sword, axe, spear skills in two are so high that they don't matter anymore, good way to do that. If you want to just get through a dungeon and just run from everything because it doesn't matter, hit flee on everybody, hit fast forward, and off you go. It definitely kind of creates an interesting dichotomy of I'm here to play the game, and then you immediately give me a button that says I don't have to play. (laughs) So That's a little odd. I mean, it, it helps yeah, with however, those grind a- sessions
1: that you are you know, leveling up and trying to get yeah. ready for the next dungeon. You know, you spend four hours there. You can do it in, in maybe 20, or 30 minutes now.
2: It's a good quality of life piece. Okay. Uh, I do the volcano last in Final Fantasy 1 because uh, I don't care and I don't like losing HP by walking on things. So I do the volcano last. I do not go get any of the treasure. There is absolutely no point. Everything I have is better than what exists here. I don't need the money. There's just no reason for it. Completion so, so just, yeah, that was the other thing, is there's all the, like, Game Center, like, completion crap that I haven't done, so it looks a little sad. Beating the game in four and a half hours, got 18% of the items. Oops. <laughs> uh, I didn't get Excalibur or Moss Mune in my FF1 run. <laughs> Shame. So why they just still use uh, yes they can but mine doesn't because I don't run one um, Shame. Like you can just hit fast forward hit flee run through shit and it definitely makes life a lot easier but for the case of like FF3 watching your characters switch a job get a new spell you get to see anybody that's played three or five knows watching all of your characters in costumes doing rad stuff is one of the cool parts of the game I get to do that. But now I get to see everybody do that all the time. Um, so Klaus mentioned it and a few other people have as well. It's kind of the big upstink on the interwebs. Uh, why isn't this on Switch? Mm-hmm. So Square Enix and Nintendo have a rather interesting contract. Uh, they really had what an interesting one in 2013, the last time I got to look at it. Uh, we had things like, hey, we're going to release this on PS2. Well, what if you released it on our DS system instead? And I'm just going to say this without getting into too much trouble. Be really, really grateful that we got the really garbage Crystal Chronicles remake. Because uh, we shouldn't have even got that. Square Enix and Nintendo have a very, very tumultuous relationship, to put it
0: lightly. Mm. I feel like, Uh, does this go all the way back to FF7? Because I feel like that really soured the relationship. It does. It absolutely does. And 7
2: was a big part of it, uh, mostly because Nintendo said solid-state memory is better than discs, and Sony laughed and said, but it's discs, and they're in 2020. Nintendo's like, hi! We still use solid-state memory for games, and everybody's like, shut the fuck up. We know you're right, but technology wasn't there 25 years ago, and Nintendo yeah. also hasn't turned a profit. In yeah, like four years,
1: but so they used discs for the uh, GameCube and the Wii had and the Wii U, and
0: it turns out that maybe the an- the right answer isn't the right answer at every point in time. No, exactly. So, well, okay, let me put it this way: the first guy that bought a car
2: had to ride a horse to get to the dealership. Yeah,
0: I but am stealing that line.
2: At. By the way, that's great. It's a very, very useful one. Um, as someone that plays Final Fantasy 1 randomizers, uh, the enhanced vanilla edition the, from the original ROM, I do weekly speed runs. Uh, not every week, but sometimes. I can beat all five bonus dungeons on the PSP version without using the incredibly broken speed hacks. By the way, I can have you max all of your uh, money and give you Genji armor in all four
0: armor slots eight minutes into the game in PSP. Message me. Does for details. he legally count as like a, a spammer now? I feel like it all he needs to do is add one weird trick and we're allowed to execute him anyhow we, we um, still need him honestly, we
1: still need him
0: <laughs> was it discovered by a mom anyway. no okay doctors hate me uh...
2: <laughs> that's just because of your life choices it's true two and a half <laughs> years no cigarettes by the way congrats uh So, okay, I basically bought this, like, I bought FF1 on principle, right? Like, I don't need another copy of FF1. My iPad is sitting next to my Raspberry Pi. I don't need to buy a copy of the Pixel Remaster. I did it anyway because I wanted to just try it. I wanted to see the differences. I wanted to experience what the game could be if they were given all of the money to really, truly remake it. And they did and it's absolutely worth it, it's a good version. If you've got nine bucks and a phone and you ride the bus to work or whatever, do it, it's a good version. Playing the enhanced vanilla versions of like the NES ROM aren't gonna make any sense for a new player, you're not gonna understand system changes or reasons why anything works. So without it, it's just oddly designed and just doesn't feel, feels kind of out of place. Um, like a coffee cup on an old wooden table in a fantasy realm. So just don't. Uh, <laughs> there it goes. I was hoping somebody would get that. Anyway, uh, Final Fantasy II. You have versions like the uh, 20th anniversary where you can press X and your character gain experience, level up, HP, MP, your stats increase, and you just eventually have numbers bigger than everybody else. And if you want to just play an RPG, that might be the way to do it. Um, if you want to play Final Fantasy II... Pixel Remaster is going to be a better version of it than any of the classic versions, um, but if you want to just press X, get EXP and be done, PSP 20th Anniversary is the better option. Uh, however, another analogy, because I love these. A few weeks ago, I watched a group of Formula Drift drivers do a series of drag races. The lowest time was somewhere in the 16 second range, which is kind of an absolute joke against any kind of actual drag car. Mm-hmm. Putting the wrong tool into a challenge doesn't make the challenge easier. It doesn't make the challenge better. It just changes the experience of the person that is performing it. If you want to have a different battle and leveling system, you can do that. But you're going to experience the story differently than people that have that different system in order to get there. If you're okay with having a different system, then it doesn't matter. Have fun on eBay. If you can find a copy, go for it. Otherwise, message me for Raspberry Pi details.
1: Feeding sound um, radio does not support the use just, of ROMs.
2: <laughs> right, I, I have I have physical copies um, of most of it, but just like a lot of ass. shit, like I just can't. I know, I know. There's some <laughs> stuff I can't get, but for the most part, I delete the ROMs. I actually don't have any ROMs right now.
0: There's uh, a reason I am very carefully not commenting.
2: No, I'm aware. Uh, I would actually, honestly, just prefer to buy the Pixel Remaster version, despite some of the flaws it has in the difficulty for FF two, just because it's $11 and it's on your phone and you're done and you don't have to do anything freaking bizarre to make it happen. Or We're find adults, a battery for a that hasn't exploded. Oof. Uh, sort of. We're ostensibly FF3. adults. We have lives. That too. True. Ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, if you're on the fence for FF3, uh, if you're kind of new to Final Fantasy and you want a cool jumping off point and you don't want to go all the way back to FF1 and figure out all the weird broken dumb shit that you can do in it, uh ff3 is a super good spot to start it gives you a good idea of how the job system works it plays like a classic end generation game without being as dense as four or six without being as math crunchy reverse logic as five without being as mind-numbing and ibuprofen-inducing as two Three is kind of your better option of all three. I love the hell out of the experience. And when I'm done beating FF two in a couple of days or whenever I get around to it, I'm probably going to play three again, just because (laughs) the experience of playing it was actually just straight up fun. And if you're not having fun, then why are you playing the game? Um, I will play FF one again as well, uh, but when you can beat the game in four and a half hours, the challenge doesn't exactly come in beating the game. It comes in beating the game with four white mages. Mm, So look forward to that. Yep, yep. Uh, I also have some stuff from uh, Remix Sakura, friend of the show, uh, that told me how to stream from an iPad.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
2: So yeah, that might be a thing that I try to figure out at some point um, because that that could be a lot of fun. Through Discord
1: or something like that
2: exactly that could be a lot of fun to see if we could uh actually run through three um but yeah i have played all three i love the hell out of all three uh even two despite its flaws ff4 comes out i think it's next week um hasn't been officially
1: announced yet when it's supposed to be coming out but according if the leaks are to be believed then it's very soon
2: it's pretty soon um And then five and six are coming by the end of the year. Six is going to be big. It is a big ass game. Klaus, I know you beat six a couple years ago. Yep. And it's six is not small. Six is a very big game. Mm. It changes how we look at games. It has the first spoken line of dialogue in Final Fantasy. (laughs) It tells a story in a different way. It has sub stories where we meet. The, it's a character driven story where the actual overall plot is separate from the individual plots of brothers flipping a coin or having a moral quandary about being a general for someone that you now know is evil. It's six is going to be huge. Six mm-hmm. is be also really an awful. opera sequence. Yeah, also an opera sequence and a runaway sequence and. An airship with a Playboy and we blow up the world halfway through and there's a clown. And an hey, octopus. Hey, we didn't
0: blow up the world. The clown we blew didn't up the start world. The fire. Do, 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 now we're do, 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 all demonetized. I am also interested <laughs> to see what they do with Kayan,
2: uh, because mm. in the in the Japanese Super Famicom, he is his name is Kayan, uh, named after the pepper. He's very calm. And then also hits you like a fucking train because he is supposed to be a samurai complete with top knot and chest armor and the whole bit. Except he's wearing blue armor because blue is the color that has the most options in 8 and 16 bit animation. And thus he was changed to cyan here in the US. So with a name evocative of the color red and a I think it's in C sharp is his theme that's like this crazy dense like fiery flamenco style music and then his name is blue and his armor is blue and he's a knight <laughs> so I'm like alright I really really hope that they actually like make Kyan into a like legit samurai and change his dialogue so that he makes some sense um now, now. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Thou. 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 Um, oh, also for times. things like the U, everybody has a different UI in special ability in six. So it's gonna be kind of interesting to see how Gao works. Like, cause finding all of Gao's skills in Super Famicom and Super Nintendo was fucking horrendous because oh. you didn't have enough characters. So it was just a bunch of like non vowel letters slammed together with random capitalizations. You're supposed to figure out what it is. And you're like, dude, I just killed a werewolf. I have no idea what this is supposed to do.
0: So hopefully we get some. Better indications of what some of his skills are. Ed Woolsey was doing his best under very difficult circumstances.
2: The fact that we get video games at all are kind of a miracle. Like, yeah. 25 years ago versus now we have completely different entertainment expectations. But the fact that I bought FF three on my phone and a few days later went, this is awful. And then went and bought an iPad and then just kept going. I yeah. want to tell my eight year old self. So you're going to play a video game on a phone and get bored. And then you're going to buy this other device. that's never existed before. And keep going. Also, you pretty much never use that phone for
0: phone calls.
2: Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I make a phone call every couple of months. It's great. Uh, Talis, though, you forgot to talk
1: about the most important upgrade or uh, enhancement that came with the Pixel Remasters.
2: No, I did not. I talked about the very important thing. They did keep the greatest line in all of Final Fantasy history. Guy, speak, beaver.
1: Excellent. No, well, okay. You, you forgot about the second most important. Well, that's not an up. That's not an upgrade, though. That is keeping to, true to the original.
0: Guy does speak beaver. Guy I speak, but
1: he does. You forgot to talk about the music.
2: Ah, yes. So. I want to talk to you about this and do a whole episode on the thing when all six were out, but fuck it. We're going to do it now. Well, I mean, Um, it's
1: probably one of the greatest reasons if you're on the fence about buying the pixel remasters, the score, the soundtrack,
2: all the music has been redone. It has been redone in orchestral versions. There are short versions, long versions, full and light versions of everything. And every single song absolutely fucking slaps more than it used to. Matoya's Cave? Always good. Every version. More like
0: Matoya's
2: Rave? Mm I don't know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. Alright, we should never do that again, or do that every episode, I'm not sure. Uh...
1: Somebody's gonna clip that, come
2: on. but no, the battle music is all... The battle music for 2 especially is just absolutely intense. There were points where... <laughs> every episode says Power Cats, Uh There were <laughs> points where I would literally like pause the anime that I was watching in the background and like turn the volume up specifically before I walked in to fight a boss because I wanted to hear the boss theme come through. I thought uh, I think it was Kraken and the sound effects of the spells going through over the music Kraken's sound effects of uh, whips snapping and water rushing and the ground splitting underneath you, plus all of our weapon attacks of steel and fist and thunder and tempers. It all created this insane symphony that didn't exist on the NES. It didn't exist on PSP. I just beat the PSP version, like, sometime in July. And it's so much better to hear a remastered version of the music done by Uematsu, who has worked specifically on the remasters because he wanted these original songs to sound so much better for this remaster. They touched on every part of the software from the NES version and said, let's fix this and make it better bit by bit. Let's make character designs make sense. Let's pick what color the Red Mage's hair is and fucking stick with it. Let's fix the music. Let's make the music better. Let's make treasure tests easier to unlock and understand and identify. Let's add colors to things so that you can navigate better. Let's not do the weird... Pivot for the camera that they did on PSP And actually flatten it out like they originally Had on Super Famicom They did a lot of work Music being a huge Huge aspect and the Super cool part as soon as you're done Beating the game You have a music player For every Single track in the Game in full Inside the game software
0: Huge really? So really, this is just a thing where you have to do this complicated unlock process, but then you've got a to music get the player. music player. Exactly.
2: And you can just leave the music player going while you scroll through the images in the bestiary or maybe all of the original source material images. From Amano. <laughs> so I'm sitting here listening to the prelude from Final Fantasy 1 as I'm swiping through and seeing the original Warrior of Light art that I've seen in art books, that I've seen on paperbacks, hardbacks, posters, wall scrolls, and it's not just, oh, here's a cool image that I get to see from a franchise that I love. This is something that I earned over the last four and a half, five hours of (laughs) screaming at a screen. Yes, also gonna be using it for the campaign. Um, yeah, hint, I played hint. uh dungeon music during our dungeon uh last week, and all three players were like, This is so much cooler, we're yes. doing this all the time. You uh, Pyrocats, surprise, you get to fight a f- old friend next week. Good luck with that! And he hits a very, very iconic piece of music. And part of me wishes that FF5 was out. Oh, god, so that's uh. Yeah,
1: yeah, we know what it yeah. is now. We know what it is. Yeah.
2: And so does she. I want that. I want the pixel remastered version of Battle on the Big Bridge because it's going to be absolutely intense. Um, we just need I try every version of Battle on
0: the Big Bridge ever. Yeah.
2: Uh, like, I like actually a found cut. a remix that's like 45 minutes long That's all the versions changed together and I think that might be what I play. <laughs> um, you must share that with yeah, us. Yeah, I want to do that. Yes. I will find it, um, but I want to do that. I also want to see what Dancing Mad is Ooh. like.
0: Uh, that is the I want to see it, uh, Final Fantasy.
2: It At 17 minutes or whatever the hell it is, it's like 11 minutes long. It's long. Um, theme of Love. Aria. Mm. In FF3, I've met Aria, and I just stopped, and I just turned the volume up and just sat here and just listened to it for like 3 or 4 minutes. Mm. Um but yeah, the music in this is all retouched, it's all redone. Uh the unfortunate thing is that if you are playing on a device, these are your speakers. This is all you get. So uh plug into your headphone jack and use real headphones because it's absolutely worth it. Mm-hmm.
1: Or um, cast yeah, it all to six your, out to your big old uh, uh you know home theater setup and then play it through those.
2: At, ooh, that sounds intense, but uh, <laughs> when all six are out and we can get uh, access to the soundtrack, we might actually go through and just do a best of end generation soundtrack. I think that would be a lot of fun. Mm.
0: I'd like that. So,
1: we had to talk about it. I'm sorry, Talis. I know it, I didn't see it in your notes. But Dude, like, you absolutely should.
2: I it. was like, music was intense. Arts, incredible. Game design's incredible. Um, Again, my big flaws with it is things like they're kind of expensive. Uh, I think three is like 17 bucks. But yeah, it's about 35 bucks
1: f- right to buy them all right now, I think.
2: To buy them all. And like, is that expensive? Yes, let's be real. It's very expensive, especially when there's a an NES copy of Final Fantasy sitting right there. Like, I don't... Yeah. But it's fun. And you want to have this new version. And I've bought of souls and i bought origins and i bought the ps i bought a silver psp with dissidia the day it came out i bought ff1 20th anniversary edition i have ff1 on my kindle fire first generation i had the old version on my iphone i actually have both ff1s on my phone because the old ios ones that were on there have been removed from the store and have been replaced with pixel remaster I have pretty much every version of FF one that exists. And I was still no questions asked buying a copy of it for pixel remaster because I knew that it was going to be worth it. And I knew that every iteration of the game that I've played has added something that previous ones didn't, whether it was spells that work in enhanced vanilla or four dungeons in GBA or a fifth dungeon in PSP, Every version had something new that I got to experience. And by buying a pixel remaster, I got to experience the entire game that I already knew. And kind of like watching a movie a second, third, or 10th time, you see different stuff every time you watch it. And I see different stuff every time I play. And this gave me a new opportunity to do that.
1: So yeah, I'm still going to hold out for the switch, I think, but...
2: (laughs) I they, they, honestly it's it's frustrating. I would love to I would love to just be like no, put everything on the Switch. It's touchscreen, there's it's Bluetooth. You can put it on a TV. There's a controller setup for it. It's all there. <laughs> Why would you not release mm-hmm. it there? Well,
1: uh, hopefully they're mm-hmm. able to to settle their differences and and get the game <laughs> put there. I mean, there have been other fi- uh Final Fantasy and pro- Square Enix properties with the on on Nintendo hardware in the past, it, yeah. recent past, even, I mean, older versions of Final Fantasy games have been available on the it
0: e It is a complicated That's, and messy thing. The simple
2: version is, yes, you can get FF1 on the Wii eShop because FF1 was released on an NES, and yes, we did get access to the Crystal Chronicles remaster on Switch because the original Crystal Chronicles was on the GameCube like, yeah, you get access to the Final Fantasy 12 janky spin-off thing was on 3DS somehow. Revenant Wings. I have no idea how they pulled off Revenant Wings. That one, I have no idea. The rest is like, oh, the old version was on a Nintendo console. That all makes sense. Revenant Wings, I'm like, I don't know. That one makes no sense. I got nothing, man.
1: I bought it, I played it for about 20 minutes, and then I never got to play it again, but
2: <sighs> I beat it. And I will honestly tell you that you there's that scene in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie where the boat's sinking and he's on the mast and he just steps off onto the dock directly. That's you. That's what you did with Revenant Wings.
1: Okay. Game over. <laughs> Thanks.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Revenant Wings is rough. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely interested. I mean, if it ends up not happening, I mean, then I've always got, you know, steam. I, they are talking about other consoles. If there's uh, Um, interest so that's why where i'm holding out hope yet but we'll see
2: for sure when in doubt though honestly uh when i dual boot my laptop next week i'm probably gonna buy at least three on steam just to have Mm -hmm. it because it's so worth it yeah
1: it's just i don't like buying multiple versions of the exact same thing if i don't have to
2: totally true i totally understand that unfortunately i own so many copies of chrono trigger and so many copies of final fantasy one that i don't really have any legs to stand on (laughs) so all right i'm sort of just sitting here looking at a nes or at a super nintendo and a super famicom and a ds copy of chrono trigger and i'm like yeah no i've no no idea no idea what that's like no idea All right, well, um, we
1: should go ahead and uh, put a pin on that. But uh, that has actually inspired us to discuss, um, you know, talking about the remakes, the re-releases in general as well. So that'll be a series that we'll talk about in, in the future, so look forward to that. We will be talking hey, about 4, 5, and 6 when they're released and, and going from there as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about in the
0: future. Hey, Klaus. Hmm. Correct. Why do we never say we'll put opinion in it?
1: We'll put a in Hey look, in traffic it now.
2: got better. It's only 13 hours and 14 minutes now. <laughs> Sweet! <laughs> but
1: he makes a valid point though, Talis.
0: He does. We'll I put a like in does. it. Dot clock twice a day.
1: So we will now put opinion in it. How's that? There we go. Uh, needs a little work. And on, this is your pun. On that right, bombshell. That's your pun. Have fun. <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode, guys. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is. And if possible, leave us a rating or review. It helps people find our show and lets us know how we're doing. If you really dig this show, you can consider subscribing here at twitch.tv slash Radio, where you get access to a number of subscriber-only emotes and badges. Or... You can go out to Patreon, like our benevolent overlord Roy Fenrir, or our shadowy foreign investor Tibian Seltz, by visiting Patreon.com/PhoenixDownRadio. All proceeds go towards growing the show, cover things like hosting costs, allow us to improve and upgrade equipment, as well as do fun things like contests and giveaways, like in our sixth anniversary episode coming up in two weeks. <laughs> uh, but any kind of support, whether it's emails, likes, tweets, retweets, follows, any of that. It's greatly appreciated, because we love interacting with you guys. This has been a great episode. The questions and, and comments we got in the chat have been amazing, and I hope it continues. Um, so, if you want to uh, check, check out uh, the backlog of all our episodes, you can go out to our website, Um, If you have questions, suggestions, or just want to say hi, you can email us, podcast at phoenixarmradio.com. Um, you can also hit us up on our Twitter, at phxdnradio. And uh, if you want to uh, join our Facebook group, you can go to facebook.com slash phoenixdownradio. So, who has some shout-outs?
2: Sarah, you have to go first.
1: Yes, Sarah. Yes, uh, you have to go first.
0: Um, <laughs> shout-outs to... I don't know. Stuff is difficult right now. Sarah uh, looks uh, tired. Shout- Sarah is tired.
1: I think all, like, all the agadoshi tofu has gotten to his head now.
0: No, the Agadashi Tofu is the only reason I lasted as long as I did.
2: Wow. <laughs> shout outs to Agadashi Tofu for funding
0: Sarah's ability to function as a human. It's got the <laughs> crunchy and it's got the soft and it's got all the nice text. Oh so good. Uh also shout out to our library assistant Andrea, who is just a pleasure to work with. uh like shout outs to all the library staff, but I'm gonna shout out her in particular. It it's nice to be back. Pretty much none of you are ever going to hear this, but you guys are great and I miss you and I love being back with you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FFXIV, S E Y R Sare. I have started taking to actually putting that in the chat. Yay. Why did I not think about this like a hundred episodes ago? It's the reasons. most obvious thing. Anyways, you can follow me on there, uh, where at this point, I'm mostly retweeting uh, horrible stuff that Moose said that I had a hand in making happen. (laughs) Shit posting at its greatest. Yeah, that last one of the, that I am now best friends with making shit up, that was a work of love over several hours. Very Nice. We considered a lot of images for it. I am very pleased that my suggestion of the Sid Nero relationship was one of the ones that won out. (laughs) Even though, as far as I'm concerned, that's shipping. Why? Why? Because that's less making shit up and more practically established canon.
1: He's not wrong. Uh.
0: I
2: don't want to say that because it gives him encouragement to, that it we, keeps happening. Come on,
1: we want to encourage him. We want more of this shit posting because it actually makes for interesting radio.
0: You may need to have a soda. Oh, but <sighs> anyhow. Yes. There's so much weird stuff to poke fun at. It's glorious. Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter, ff 14 FFXIV, S E Y R R. Uh, if you join our Discord server, which Klaus has been tossing into the chat repeatedly, uh, I pay attention to that pretty much all the time. So give me a poke there. Definitely. I will talk with pretty much anyone about anything. Yes, Let it. me give you information. Provide me with information
1: discord has uh, been popping lately and i'm I'm loving it so let's keep it going yeah? guys yes
2: yeah i've actually i've even started having to jump into discord more often because i get tagged in a lot of stuff um anyway uh so my name is marvelous and as we mentioned at the top of the show uh i'm actually starting my master's program on the 30th of this month and it is going to take roughly a year and it is going to take a pretty significant amount of my time as a result, I have an unfortunate thing to say where I'm actually stepping away from Final Fantasy Fourteen uh, for the next year in order to focus on school. Um that being said, I haven't really played Fourteen since Shadowbringers, honestly. It just hasn't really been my jam. Um so I while I still a Warrior of Light. Does does that it's none, basically. Um, but I am <laughs> just, officially going to stop paying for it. It
1: just saves him 15 uh, bucks a month. <laughs>
2: yeah, just basically. Uh, but I still have the, the Warrior of Light tattoo, and I am still interested in what's going on at 14. So I will still be around. I'm still going to be a huge part of the podcast, uh, but I'm not going to be in Eorzea anymore. So unfortunately for my Hyperion friends, um, I will see you next year, possibly, uh, possibly not. We shall see where that heads. Uh, Shout-outs to my awesome friend PyroCats who has been instrumental in keeping the big sad away long enough for me to get anything done over the last couple of months. Um, Shout-outs to Sarah for sending me a whole bunch of places to buy books and um, enough places to buy books that I now need to buy a second bookshelf you crazy, crazy (laughs) bastard you. (laughs) Yes! Hold it off! Anyway. um, Shout-outs to uh... The two guys that will be starting a gamer's heaven here in Snohomish County. I hope the best for them. I hope that opening goes super, super well. Uh, Looking forward to a community center and store that is dedicated to anime, Japanese merchandise, Japanese groceries, um, and a whole bunch of other awesome stuff. Looking forward to seeing that happen. Uh, you can find me doing a lot of shit posting and terrible hot takes over on Instagram at Marvelous Tofu and roughly doing the same thing over at TikTok while restitching random mechanic girls because I am an awful, awful human being. Uh, <laughs> find me there at Marvelous Tofu as well. Uh, I talk about food, Final Fantasy, cars, and other random shit. And I will see you on the interwebs. Thank you, sir.
1: And of course, I have to shout out these two knuckleheads for joining me again this week. Um, Talis, thank you so much for all the work you put in on this episode. I really do appreciate that. Uh, great job on discussing the uh, the pixel remasters. I really did did help a lot. So thank you, uh, Sarah. Thank you for just being you know sane and uh, helping us to uh, keep this thing running straight.
0: Alex, you know, do- were we listening to the same
1: me? Well, overall, tonight might be different, but you know. Moving up, you, you're generally the sane one. You're allowed to well, be a little I, yeah. bit loopy when when wow. you've worked a, a, a full shift, all right? So
0: the the Sarah that you see in front of the camera is a little bit different from the Sarah who's behind the camera. Yes, it's true.
1: Uh, shout out to Chip, aka W D. Uh, had an awesome time uh, last Friday, and like I said, looking forward to having you guys on the show sometime in the near future. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a great, great, great time uh also shout out to uh to Ascalia. you know good luck on uh getting your podcast going and again thank you for joining us on the last episode it was a really good time a uh, really deep discussion different from what we've talked about in the past but uh sometimes you need to jump out of that uh you know comfort zone and uh you know just so you can expand as people so
0: i'm not putting on pants class
1: i didn't say you had to put on pants
0: but comfort zone I'm is it is, out, is, is, is it thirteen hours saying. and twelve
1: minutes yet to get there?
2: No, no. God. Well, you better you better
1: get like. you you better get going now. Um, uh, 10 a.m. Let's do it. <laughs> you, you can find me out on uh, on Twitter at phxdn underscore Um I have been posting a little bit more, you know, trying to support the community and uh, do some fun things like that. So, uh, check us out there. Um, so yeah. For my co hosts, Sarah Tomono, for Tales Marvelous, I am Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. We will see you on our sixth anniversary stream ne- uh, next episode. So until then, take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Aorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open the music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at youtube.com slash Guilty Closing music for this episode is provided by Guitar Wanker 90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash 90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.